welcome back to Butter With That. Hello, all of our wonderful listeners. Um, we are so happy to be back, coming into you through your computer, your iPods, your Androids, whatever you're listening to this podcast on. Um, how's everybody doing today? Doing all right. All right. We are, uh, there are four of us today. Sam is judging a Chris Evans lookalike contest. So that is why she cannot be with us, unfortunately, today. Um, but we thought we'd come together, the four of us, to do a little kind of quarantine catch-up. Uh, talk about what we've been watching so far, explain kind of the future trajectory of the podcast that we see. Um, and I just wanted to open with um, acknowledging that it's been a few weeks since we uploaded anything. Um, the world's been kind of falling apart, as everybody, if you're listening to this, as it's kind of coming out, knows. Um, and so we've taken some time, talked about what we wanted the podcast to look like, the structure going forward. And so I think we have some really exciting stuff for folks to listen to in the rest of 2020. And we're almost coming up on our two-year anniversary um, next month of watching the podcast, which is pretty exciting. Cool. So for this catch-up episode, we're each going to talk about a few things um, that we were watching um, over the past couple of weeks. And so would anybody like to take a stab at sharing out first? Do we want to do like a round? Like we each do like one and yeah. Sure, yeah. Something like that. Sweet. A round robin, if you will. I can go first. Hit a story. Okay, so I'll just go in like order of like how the things I watched that I want to talk about. So the first one I watched last week, um, I wrote an article on this movie for Cinema 76. Uh, it's a movie called Relic. Um, it just came out, um, first time like female director. Um, she worked with um, uh, Lee Wynell on Upgrade and stuff. So like Lee Wynell was also like, this woman's awesome. And I'm like excited to see what she does. Um, it stars Emily Mortimer also, who I really love. Um, I don't know if you guys know Emily Mortimer for much, but she was like one of the main characters on the newsroom and she's been in a ton of movies and stuff also. Um, but the the way like the relic was pitched to me was that um, basically the relic was doing the same thing for um, Alzheimer's that the Babadook did for like grief and dealing with that, um, which was like a really weird pitch. And when I watched the movie, it was like very well handled. This like horror movie that is essentially like an allegory for like an older person kind of like losing their identity and the horrors and like heartbreak that come along with it. So it was like a horror film, but it was also like a very compelling family drama with these three generations of women all coming together and like dealing with um, their grandmother who is having like a lot of issues living on her own and, and all of this stuff. So um, it was a very, very good drama film, but also like had very scary, like creepy moments in it. Um, the screener they sent me sucked. It was like really blurry and fuzzy. So I feel like if you watch it and it's better quality, some of that scary stuff is even better because there's a lot of stuff you see kind of like in the background, like if, of scenes that like is pretty creepy if you actually like pick up on it. So um, I definitely recommend that. Um, the director is Natalie Erica James. Um, she did a really wonderful job with this movie. So definitely check that out. Nice. And that's not to be confused with 1997's Tom Sizemore, The Relic. No, not. Yeah. <laughs> if you find yourself watching that one and it's not so good, you'll know you yeah. made a mistake. 
yes, worth mentioning for sure. <laughs> that sounds like a great double feature. I haven't seen that first one, so I don't know. I don't know if I can recommend that. <laughs> You're good. Uh, Dave, would you like to go next? Uh, sure. So I saw um, a movie that's available on Netflix right now. It's a Polish film uh, by the name of uh, Escape from or Escape the Liberty Cinema. Oh yeah. Um, which is fantastic. Um, it's a movie from 1990 that's a, kind of about uh, set in like um, set in uh, Eastern Europe at a time with like the fall of uh, fall of Soviet communism and uh, the communist bloc and so on. And it's about a um, a former theater critic turned a uh, censor for the state. Um, and he's assigned to investigate uh, a newly released film in which uh, the actors, um, not the actors when it was being shot, but the actors within the celluloid, ca like captured within the celluloid of the film, um, start rejecting their roles as, uh, as, act as uh, their characters and speaking directly to the audience in an interactional way. Um, and I thought it was a really, uh, really brilliant kind of meditated meditation on, um, on state censorship, uh, freedom of expression, um, and, uh, just a really, really well-made and really captivating film, uh, that was really interesting just in terms of like seeing, it was pretty much like one still frame of, uh, of the film, uh, in question, the one that is in the theater, uh, with the characters kind of walking in and out such that like, if you go at the wrong time of day, you could walk in and it might just be an empty room because the characters have wandered off the set. <laughs> um, so it plays a lot with like some really interesting dynamics in terms of cinema itself and also um, a really great allegory for, um, for the, the kind of yearning for artistic freedom. Uh, so I would highly, highly recommend that one. I thought it was a knockout. What was that called again? That's uh, Escape, uh, Escape the Liberty Cinema. Or Escape from the Liberty Cinema. I'm not sure which, but it's it's on uh, Netflix. But it's, yeah, definitely one to check out. Loved it. I just realized that on our Zoom screen, the or the blocks might be in different spots. So for me, Christine, you're above Dave. Do you want to go next? Oh yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Um, it is. <laughs> it is different. Um, yeah. Sure. So. Folks might re remember a somewhat contentious butter with that pick that happened a while ago. Um, Meek's cut off. We talked about director Kelly Reichard uh, and various opinions <laughs> on the movie Meek's cut off. Um, but I had mentioned uh, back in March, I think, that I was super excited for her new movie to come out, First Cow. And I just saw it last night. And it was wonderful. Really, I think I think this is her the best movie of hers I've seen. Um, and I was actually thinking about it today. I, I feel like it pairs interestingly well with another movie we've talked about on Butter with That, and that is There Will Be Blood. Tonally, they are so different, but I think thematically it talks, it has elements. It's basically about um, I think 1840s, 1850s in what's now Oregon, but um, is the friendship that's struck uh, up by a guy from Maryland who's a cook, who's uh, cooking for beaver, tra uh, beaver trappers in that area. And he strikes up a French, his, he's 
his name's Cookie, and he strikes up a friendship um, with a, a Chinese guy whose name's King Lu, and they end up creating a oily cake business in this small little beaver trapper town. It's not even, it's like a little village. And it talks about their attempts to make, a, make money making oily cakes and selling them. But they're using uh, stolen milk from the first cow in that area that's been brought. And I think an alternative title is There Will Be Milk because it talks about this cow as this like source of, uh, I don't know, this source that like helps create this capitalist venture, but it's like a capitalist critique on, it, it's, it's much different and tonally different, but I think it, uh, it just, connects to a lot of the same themes that we talked about in that movie. So anyhow, it's beautifully shot, wonderfully acted. It's slow, you know, don't get me wrong. It's a Kelly Reichard movie, but I highly recommend it. That um, sounds like it reminds me of, um, there was a film I saw at the film fest last year called Jialakatu, and it was a Indian film about like this town that's like trying to get a bull that's escaped because like the bull is what feeds the town and so they like need it but like they kind of like I don't know it's like weird they like delve into madness as they're trying to get this like cow back and stuff, or this bull back um and it's like interesting because it's similarly like oh like this this uh village used to like have like a cow a month and then it was like a cow a week and then it was like oh they need it every day and it's like just that like capitalists, like people deciding that like, oh, now this is the thing we like constantly need to be like consuming. Um, it's, yeah, it was kind of interesting. And I, every time people talk about first cow, I keep thinking about that. Yeah. Uh, and the cow is, the cow. <laughs> in your house? Did you guys hear that? <laughs> yeah, I was in my house right yeah. now. <laughs> I, I willed it here. Our guest star. <laughs> This, yeah, no, my cat's being a fuck right now, but um, this cow is beautiful. Like the shot, the close-ups of the cow's face. And I, you know what? I won't go too far into it, but I will be curious to know if you, if, if you watch it, what you, what you think, but. Just can't get out of my mind now that there's a whole ocean of milk underneath our feet. I'm telling you, like the scenes, like, Cause yeah, when they're milking the cat, it's just, it, it's tender, but also so fascinating to see this like, this like essential source for this business that has to be, yeah. It's just this limited resource that is like the wellspring uh, for these oily cakes and for the capital that's, that's earned any, yeah. I guess, yeah. Are, are there milkshakes? I drink your milkshake <laughs> or uh, that's my milk. <laughs> Like whatever. Connor, what's your pick? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Is there a scene where the main character is covered in milk and like staring at an explosion <laughs> of milk coming from the cow? That was in the outtakes <laughs> or the deleted scenes. <laughs> um, awesome. Um, my pick for this has become one of my favorite movies I've seen in, in a while, and it's uh, Bo Burnham's Eighth Grade. Oh, I've heard that's really good. Really good. I don't know. It, it was on Amazon Prime when I watched it. Uh, I'm not sure if it still is. Um, but he released in 2018. I love the tagline. I pulled it up. Uh, based on the most awkward year of your life. 
Uh, that pretty much sums up the entire movie. It follows this um, girl in eighth grade named Kayla as she tries to navigate being socially awkward in high school, um, not fitting in, how when she does kind of start to fit in, what how her dad kind of reacts to that. And it's one of the best like parent-child relationships I've ever seen on film. Uh, and the dad is just like so sweet, so sincere, really trying to connect with his daughter. And she's just a moody teenager who just like is not interested at all um, in like being nice to her dad, which I feel like I, I definitely resonates with me of how crappily I treated my parents when I was in um, that age. Uh, but it's really funny. Um, I watched a couple interviews and it was interesting how he talked about, cause there's so much texting in the movie. Uh, but he said he didn't want like little special effects bubbles that pop up with what they're saying. She has like a cracked iPhone and you have to like read through it. So it's like very like naturalistic. Um, but yeah, I definitely recommend eighth grade. It has a great conclusion, like a great kind of finale. Yeah, I can't recommend it more. The pool parties, like her, like her performance is so mm -hmm. good. And the um, there's, there's, Esther scene said there's a great pool party scene and Bo Burnham said he wanted to sh shoot that scene like it was a horror movie because that's really what it is for like when you're in eighth grade a middle school pool party is the horror <laughs> uh, yeah so eighth grade was phenomenal I definitely recommend everybody checking that out where's that available it's uh, also it's really good fun. streaming okay nice it me it, it you. Um, okay, so the next one I watched uh, this weekend, and I finally saw Doctor Sleep, which was fucking amazing. Actually, like I, like I kept hearing it's like really good. Like everyone was like, yeah, it's like actually really good. So I was like going in with I think like decent expectations, and it's still like blew me away. Like that movie was incredible. We watched the three-hour director's cut. Um, which if you've seen Dr. Sleep, from what I've heard, the director's cut adds a lot more of like, um, Danny's like dealing with his alcoholism and, um, like all of his kind of like growing up and backstory and stuff. Um, and I remember like, I've never read the book. Um, I've heard the books actually like not that great. Uh, but like, I, and I, I remember hearing the premise and being like, why are we taking Danny Torrance and like having him fight energy vampires? That makes no fucking sense. And then Mike Flanagan makes that make sense. Like yeah. it, all of it connects really well. It's also, I think one of the few movies that I've seen that feels like a Stephen King book. Like I was watching the movie and it felt like the book, the way it like goes from different characters and different places and timelines and eventually brings them all together. Um, has probably one of the most horrifying deaths I've ever seen in a movie ever. Um, of course, um, Ewan McGregor is amazing because he's always amazing. Um, but it was like a great horror movie. And also like the drama in it like actually made me really emotional. Um, the scene when he's talking about his dad at AA after getting eight years sober. And then um, one of the scenes when he's like being Dr. Sleep and talking to one of the old folks um, and like putting them to sleep, I like immediately started weeping. They were just so powerful. Um, um, like fucking amazing. I forget the actress who plays like the main energy vampire. Um, Rose McGowan. Huh? Is it, in a, uh, is it Rachel McGowan? No, I think it's, 
she's in the Mission Impossible movies, I think. Ooh, trying to look her up. Rebecca Ferguson. Rebecca Ferguson. She's amazing. She's so good at, at in that role and everything. So, um, yeah, highly suggest for sure. Like, and one of the movies where I actually think like actually watching the longer director's cut is totally worth it. It's interesting you say that because I. I saw it in theaters, um, and I thought it was very good, mm-hmm. but hearing that the, this three-hour edition adds all the stuff that I thought was, like, missing, I yeah. definitely should see it. They also did a great job casting the characters from The Shining. Um, mm-hmm. The woman that ends up playing the mom was, like, amazing. She was the lead in Starry Eyes, which I didn't realize. Um, and there, like, that was cool, too. Like, Mike Flanagan, like, is, like, usually a low-key horror director. Like, he did, um, Hush, which I really like. Um, he did, uh, Gerald's Game and some, and Haunting of Hill House. But he has these, like, pretty big actors in this movie that a lot of people I recognize from, like, low-budget horror movies. So it was also cool that he was, like, hiring some of those, like, low-budget actors I really like. Nice. Yeah. Dave, would you like to go next? Yeah, sure. I guess keeping it in the horror vein, um, I did recently see a movie that I put off for a very long time because I was kind of, I thought I'd be put off by its comedy, um, but it wound up being very up my alley. It was um, Tucker and Dale vs. Evil. Oh, yeah. I don't know if any of you guys have seen that movie. I never finished it, but it was funny the first half. <laughs> Doctor Who to- versus Evil? Uh, Tucker and Dale versus or not two Dr. characters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, and um, yeah, it was it was uh, our, one of my new housemates uh, introduced it to me, and they they really dug it. So I figured, all right, let's give it a shot because we've been kind of like catching each other up on like the kind of movies that we like and everything. Um, and so I figured, all right, I'll give it a chance. Uh, I wound up really really liking it. Um, it's a really cool kind of like horror inversion. I don't want to spoil too much, but like it takes like the uh, you know kids. Uh, kids on a camping trip besieged by like um sort of like backwoods hill folk uh that are trying to like kill or maim or murder them and kind of flips it on its head and uh views it from the uh the other perspective so it's sort of the uh the hill folk uh being uh besieged by these uh teenagers who think that they're in a horror movie basically but are actually just sort of being dicks to these uh, the local folks um, so it's really good and really smart. It's a really cool subversion of a lot of horror tropes, and uh, it was also just a really good, had a lot of really good gore and a lot of really convincing uh, practical effects, um, and a lot of really good humor. Um, so I would definitely recommend that one. And I think that may be on Netflix right now. What era is it? Is it like? It's pretty recent. It came out like I, I'm not sure offhand. I want to say like the last, at least the last ten years. That's uh, let's see. I love that actor too, the one with Firefly. I always forget his name. Uh, Which character on Firefly? The one that's married to... Is he the captain? Wait. Alan Tudyk? Yeah, that's his name. Yeah, Yeah, he's really good at it. Yeah. You may have seen him in other movies like, uh, I don't know, like uh, Dodgeball and stuff like that. Um, Oh yeah, he plays the pirate. Right. He's in A Knight's Tale. Yes. <laughs> yes, that too. William. But yes, yeah, I would recommend uh, Tucker and Dale vs. Evil for sure. It was really fun. Cool. Especially if you're a horror fan. 
Christina, you're going to continue. It's my turn. Okay. Uh, What's up? Are you going to continue the horror theme or divert? Horror. I haven't watched uh, any horror that I don't think I've already talked about. Um, Actually, no, no, no. Yes. This is perfect. It's sort of horror. uh, Adjacent? Horror adjacent. Yeah, 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 yeah. So there's this movie. It's called Seconds. And it's from 1970. 19- I want to see this movie so bad. It's 1966, starring Rock, Rock Hudson. And it's about a insurance salesman from New York City who wants, he's like middle-aged, somewhat sad insurance salesman who wants a fresh start on life. And he gets this tip for this agency that can basically completely transform you into a younger version of your ideal self. And so he undergoes this transformation and he, he becomes what Rock Hudson plays, this much younger, like built hot guy. And he moves to California to, to like live a new life as a painter. And it ends up, it's shot so well. The cinematography uh, is James Wong Howe, uh, a Chinese American cinematographer who actually was responsible for the amazing cinematography of tons of movies that were coming out in like the 40s through 60s, um, like uh, HUD. I think maybe big, I don't know a lot big westerns. So he's a was a really amazing cinematographer, and it's shot so well, and it's got this intense body horror element to it and for 1966 apparently like it got like booed uh it wasn't very well received but it is it looks so good and it's very it's like really horrifying christine where did you find this i've been trying to watch this movie for like years so it's on the criterion okay do you have Um, a subscription for it yeah because uh i there was a while ago i wanted to write a whole thing on like identity and like people changing their faces in movies and stuff and there's two other really good criterion movies that have similar plots one is called eyes without a face mm-hmm. and then the other is the face of another which is by hiroshi teshigahara um it's fantastic those were criterion movies i don't know if they still are but like yeah seconds was the one where i was like i need to see this movie to complete this thing I want to write about. It's a big recommend. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yes, I did get there. <laughs> I did find a horror. Nice. <laughs> awesome. I, um, sort of horror adjacent, um, is this movie called Border. Uh, I think I talked about it in the group chat a Border? little bit. Uh, Border, it's a Swedish film. Um, where this woman who has uh, what she thinks is like a chromosome deficiency um, and the prosthetic work on her face is like amazing. Um, Oh, yeah. It's all in Swedish. Um, So she's like this kind of border, kind of like she works at like like in a port, making like checking people's bags. She has like the superpower where she can like sniff if people are like hiding, hiding stuff or lying or doing evil things. Um, Kind of like an unbreakable sort of vibe. Yeah, yeah, exactly. and so she thinks that she's just kind of like one of a kind person, but then her whole, and this is all in the trailer, uh, but then her whole world's turned upside down when she finds this person who looks exactly like her. Um, and then how he enters her life 
Um, and she asks, uh, does she want to like keep this reality that she's built for herself or is she going to reject how she's been living? Um, her, there's like these deep secrets that run in her family that she has to confront. Um, it was really good. It's on Hulu. Um, probably the most interesting sex scene I've ever seen in a movie. Um, and if you're interested at all in like um, Nordic folklore, um, this movie's definitely right up your alley. Um, it's kind of, it's like hard to pin it down to a genre because as, or like what even it's kind of about as we were watching it, uh, Alyssa and I were both like, what movie did we start? Because it kind of like twists and turns and goes in different directions. So if you're looking for something that's different off the beaten path, um, really well acted and cast, I definitely recommend Border. Cool. Yeah, and that's on Hulu. Nice. Um, well, my last movie is not a horror movie. It is actually a romantic comedy that I saw this, the same day I watched Dr. Sleep. We watched Palm Springs, uh, which is on Hulu, um, with Andy Samberg. And I forget the actress's name, but she played the mother in How I Met Your Mother. Um, and they did her zero justice in that TV show. Uh, but <laughs> she is like fucking great in Palm Springs. I just want to look her up quickly. Uh, Christine Miliotti. Um, so yeah, we went in and we like kept hearing really good things about this movie and I didn't really know anything about it. Um, it's kind of like a Groundhog's Day movie, but it's like infinitely like, I think more interesting and like kind of takes that concept and is like, okay, what if your day was repeating but like you weren't alone, like someone else was also going through this cycle with you um, or like multiple people. And like, what does that mean? Especially when these two people start to kind of like have feelings for each other. And um, it's like very, very funny and very weird. JK Simmons plays like a total psycho in the movie and he's like fantastic. Um, yeah, I definitely recommend it. It's like cute and funny and it's like an hour and a half long so it's like a super easy watch but like kind of was like a good quarantine movie to watch too where it's like these people just like feeling kind of stuck and not being able to get out of this this loop that they're in so yeah we were having a conversation before you joined us about andy sandberg how do you feel about andy sandberg i actually think andy sandberg is pretty funny um, I, I just, his humor is so weird and I just love like weird shit. Like Hot Rod is not a great movie, but I watch I do Hot, like Hot Rod, Rod all the time. I love Hot Rod, <laughs> but it's because like the humor is just so weird that it gets me every time. Like my sister and I are always do that like cool beans thing from the movie. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, he's, he's a big weirdo, but I also just started watching Brooklyn Nine-Nine and I like think he is like still pretty good in that like his weirdness is tampered down a little bit because it's like a network sitcom but like still pretty good yeah I feel like I haven't seen him enough to like assess like assess yeah. like I've seen it like SNL and like the Lonely Island like like videos but that's that's pretty much it yeah Hot Rod's pretty funny if you feel like, if you're like, it's perfect when you're like feeling down or like just want something that you can like kind of put on and like half pay attention to. It's got like a bunch of good characters. Bill Hader is super funny in it. Um, 
Isla Fisher's in it too, and she's like pretty like cute and adorable in their group of folks. But yeah, it's it's very funny. How did I miss this movie? This like doesn't look familiar to me. I think it's this one. Yeah, my for some reason my mom and my sisters and I went and saw it together and had a blast. It's just about like like cars. He wants to be like evil Knievel, but he's not good at doing stuff. Oh, he's a, he wants to be a stunt guy. Got it, got it, got yeah. it, got it. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. I did enjoy Palm Springs, so maybe I'll Oh, cool. Yeah. yeah, I thought it was very cute. Yeah, the really- scene where he goes to J.K. Simmons' house, <laughs> it's like, my son is watering some shit. It's, t- it's beautiful. <laughs> That, like, made me laugh, like, hours later. I was like, remember that time? <laughs> so good. Also, when he's, like, giving the speech, and he's, like, when the the first, like, loop, and he, like, gives this, like, beautiful moving speech, but he's also wearing just, like, a Hawaiian shirt and shorts at this wedding. You're like, what is happening here? It kind of was inspiring to, like... Yeah. Ha- like without context you're like that person has the confidence to do whatever the fuck they want to do at this wedding but it's because like that's a person that's already given up on life right they like <laughs> yeah 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 well <clears throat> i guess that actually provides a pretty good segue um uh i watched a movie uh that is not a romantic not a romantic comedy but is called the comedy um, sort of also about someone who is, in a sense, given up on life. It's a movie um, <clears throat> from 2012 uh, by uh, Rick Alverson, um, who's kind of like a low-key like indie director. He's done like several films with like a lot of the same people, um, and this one in particular uh, revolves around uh, a character played by Tim Heidecker, mm. who you may know of like Tim and Eric, um, or like uh, his, his other kind of projects, like on cinema, at the cinema, and, and a variety of other things. Um, Rick's in it too. <laughs> sorry? They're both in it. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, Eric Wareheim also in the film. Okay. Uh, Greg, Greg Turkington, who they work with a lot, is in it. Um, it's absolutely not a film for everyone. Um, it's very dark, it's very, very abrasive. Um, but it is sort of a portrait of, uh, you know, about, about privilege and performative poverty um, and about the vapidity and emptiness inherent in like the early 21st century ethos, uh, sur- like cultural ethos surrounding irony and uh, sarcasm um, and how if you become too deeply acclimated to that sort of social and like cultural environment that eventually it can erode your capacity for genuine emotion. Um, and it's very, very dark, very, very serious tone piece, but, uh, I, I definitely really enjoyed it. Again, it's really not for everyone because it is very abrasive, it does feature a lot of, a lot of racism that proves the point about the character, um, but is very, uh, very good and beautifully shot. Um, so I would definitely recommend it to folks who think they might have a stomach for it, but if you're turned off by any of that description, definitely don't. I feel like as a filmmaker, you got to have a lot of confidence to, number one, name your movie The, co- the Comedy, <laughs> and number two, make it extremely not <laughs> tonally a comedy. 
And he actually, his follow-up to that was a Greg Turkington film uh, called The Entertainment, which is about like a, um, a small-time uh, traveling comedian who has like a very abrasive and like niche vibe and isn't well-received by audiences. Um, so again, a kind of an ironic title. Um, and a lot of them kind of like negate three-act structure and a very um, kind of experimental indie pictures. But uh, I really enjoyed both of them. But uh, yeah, again, definitely not for Yeah. Sounds cool. Christine, what is uh what do you got for your last pick? I don't know. I like <laughs> can't blink. <laughs> uh huh. Yeah, Connor, you go. So this is not a recommend, but it's a movie that I wanted to talk about. Um have you guys heard of a movie that came out in 2019 called The Mandela Effect? I think I did hear about it. Yeah. Um, so after watching Palm Springs on Hulu, that was like the movie, like we went to like movies for you. And we were like, what's this? The Mandela Effect. Clicked on it, watched the trailer. Um, the trailer feels straight out of SNL. Like if SNL were to make a parody horror movie about somebody who is discovering the Mandela Effect, Googling Bernstein, Bernstein Bears, um, you know. Mandela himself, all that thing, all that stuff. And so wait, like, oh, maybe this wait, what? What is, is this something I'm not familiar? What does the Berenstein Bears have to do with? Are you familiar with the Mandela effect in general? Or the Mandela is this, effect? Is this the, uh, the butterfly flaps its wings in one side? No, that's the butterfly. But what is this? What is this? It's, it's like, so. I'm betraying my ignorance here. <laughs> Basically, what the Mandela effect is like, people <laughs> always feel like Mandela's dead, right? Nelson Mandela. They thought that he died long ago when in yeah. fact he was in, in truth still in prison. Yeah. And Okay. There are other, but there's like, oh, go ahead. I was gonna say there's like other instances too where um, the book, The Bernstein Bears, people yeah. think it was The Bernstein Bears when they were growing up. And that the Monopoly man has a monocle when in reality he never has had a monocle. Never had wow. a monocle. Wow. Okay, yes. This phenomenon, this yeah. is a familiar phenomenon. Yes, yes. We're or that movie with, um, what's his name that everyone thinks exists that doesn't? Uh, with LL Cool J, right? Was it, is it Sinbad? In like or the Sinbad, yeah, it's something. There's, there's people confusing. Yeah. Yeah, there's people thinking that uh, Sinbad was in Kazam instead of Shaquille O'Neal, but that's, that's probably less the Mandela effect than casual racism. But <laughs> but um, there's definitely like no, yeah, it's, it's like this kids movie that everyone swears exists that like apparently doesn't like they it's weird like it gets even deeper. I don't know. So hmm. in this movie, this man, his daughter dies. This is the first. Christine just vanished. Whoa. Oh, oh here she comes back. Mm -hmm. There you go. Such a moment of, of discovery <laughs> that the universe exploded on my side. The system was trying to stop us from talking about it. We got to the bottom. Okay. You I couldn't I, handle I, learning all this information. Just like overload, input overload. No, I am familiar with this phenomenon. Okay. Thank you for the, the brief. Uh, reminder, <laughs> learning moment. This guy, his daughter dies, and he's so upset, and then he was like, her favorite books to read were the Bernstein Bears. 
but in his but in like the opening of the movie it's like all the mandela effect things are actual true are the truth and so he uncovers that he's shifted into a parallel universe or his daughter's dead and so he has to try to like get his daughter back and well the first 20 minutes of this movie were amazing because it was it felt like a neil breen film (laughs) the the i guess confidence that what you're making is art and that Mm -hmm. you're 100 percent right like you are just making the greatest thing ever it looks like a movie it's shot like a movie acted enough like a real movie um but it really it reminded me a lot of the um ryan gosling papyrus snl sketch where he's like Google searching stuff and like, how could it happen? How could they do this? Um, and then to spoil the movie, it turns out he's living in the Matrix. Nice. So, oh. He's living in the Matrix. You haven't seen that. <laughs> or, or he's living in the video game simulation that his dead daughter has created to rejoin him back with his daughter. There are infinite number of possibilities. You could go the serenity route. That's true. <laughs> He's a video game designer in the movie, so he writes a piece of code and plugs it into a computer to like break down the system. Mm. It's really bad. The first wow. time was so promising, and then it just well, it became one of the most boring movies I've ever seen. That's a barn. But I haven't stopped thinking about it, so that says something. Sounds like you should watch the good version of it. The Matrix from 1999. Probably should. You have, oh, sorry, I have the hiccups now. Um, you have to watch The Matrix. Yeah, you really do, man. I know. <laughs> I know. I'll, I'll get to it one of these days. The thing is, is I think you would love it. Like, I you think would love it. It, it, it would, it's, like, it's definitely, I think, a movie that's right up your alley. Sure. You, you're really into pacing, Connor, right? You, like, have good critiques on pacing. You have a good intuition for that. And Matrix, I will tell you, is a very well-paced movie. I've never seen the other two, so maybe we should just do all of them. Do a trilogy rundown. Yeah. I can do that right now. The first one's good. The other two are bad. (laughs) But that'd be fun to talk about. And there's a fourth one, too, coming out eventually, right? Is there? Yeah, Originally, that... it was supposed to come out the same day that the new John Wick was coming out. Like, the fourth nice. John Wick. Whoa. It would have been amazing. I think Keanu Overload. Both of them at the same time. I think this has a pretty stacked cast. I remember looking it up real quick. Um, the original Matrix is pretty stacked. Data Pinkett Smith is in it. Neil Patrick Harris, Jonathan Groff is in the fourth one they're making. Oh. Ooh. I love Jonathan Grubb. Yeah, I think there's some other, yeah, that's just what I found. Um, cool, yeah, so the Mandela Effect. Don't watch it, just watch the trailer and you'll, you'll get your chuckles. Yeah, you gave it half a star, damn. I gave Yikes. it as I could. Uh, I would have probably given it two stars if, if it was a short 20 minute film. That's how much I liked the first 20 minutes. Because it was just so funny and ridiculous that it was played so straight and then it just goes off the rails in the most boring and predictable way possible. Christine, have you thought of your third? This is so sad that I like, I'm just can't recall. I do have one. It's, it's, I think you jog my memory with like a movie that is 
bad, but I guess entertaining to watch. So I watched a Jean-Claude Van Damme movie, Double Impact, recently. <laughs> um, it's double Jean-Claude, so it's very uh, entertaining in sorts. It's funny the way that the script tries to explain away, like, why these tw so these twins are separated at birth they were born i believe in hong kong are separated and one grows up in los angeles and one grows up in hong kong and they find the script finds really weird ways to explain why jo the character jean-claude van damme is playing still has a belgian accent <laughs> yeah it was like oh well in los angeles you were raised or like in hong kong you were raised by french nuns and your uncle raised you a few years in France and then you moved back to Los Angeles. <laughs> it's like they didn't even need to take the time to explain that. It seems like they, it would be easier to just rewrite the script where he's not in Hong Kong. I, I mean, well, most of the most of the movie is set in Hong Kong, so it has to say on Hong Kong. But like, I don't even know. I, it, it makes no sense, but it it's got some hilarious fight scenes. Uh, it yeah i don't know what else to say about it it's i don't think i've seen any of his movies um time cop is uh a pretty good one mm -hmm. um cyborg is great okay so my friend i had to watch a couple of these my friend choreographed a dance show that was called jean claude van dance <laughs> And I was doing some of the music for it, so as research, <laughs> we watched a bunch of Jean-Claude Van Damme movies. And then a Blood Sport. Oh, yeah. That's, oh, that's a classic. Um, but this one was sort of just a one-off weird decision to watch. Yeah, Double Impact. It, it is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> Don't have much to say. Cool. Right on. Those uh, a very diverse list of films we've all been watching. Like, mm -hmm. uh, definitely be sure to let us know if you've seen any of these or you're going to watch any of these because you were listening to this. Um, and please avoid Mandala Effect. That is my recommendation. Um, cool. So to kind of round out this episode, we just wanted to talk a little bit about what the future Butterworth that's going to look like. Um, we are planning a pretty special kind of mega episode. It's coming out in the near future. Um, we'll announce more details on that on social media, kind of when once we figure out exactly what that's going to look like. Uh, and then going forward after that is released, we're going to be switching to an every other week model for like the main Butter With That show. Um, so that's where we have a theme. We each take turns picking a movie in that theme. And that episode will be coming out every other week, um, which will then free up time if we want to, to do one-off episodes in between. Like if we wanted to do a one-off episode talking about the Matrix trilogy. Um, then we'd be able to. Uh, we were talking a little bit about an Evangelion one-off episode. They uh, also just announced that they're going to do a new Star Wars show that's about the Bad Batch uh, from Clone Wars. And so I really want to talk about Star Wars again. <laughs> uh, Wookiee with that can probably come back uh -huh. better than ever. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I think this will give us an opportunity to still do the normal episodes that we love doing and then having the flexibility to bring on more guests to talk about one-off topics, maybe even like news items. 
Um, even though there's not much cinema news happening <laughs> these days in 2020. Um, but yeah, if you have any thoughts on kind of what you would like to see out of Butter with that, want us to talk about, do one-offs on, um, potential themes, definitely let us know at butterwiththatpodcast at gmail.com, uh, butterwiththat1 at Twitter, Facebook Butter page. Um, it's also, and I'm going to say it a lot and say it on the podcast, it's my commitment to make sure that our, um, and we want guests as well, definitely. Yeah. Um, lots of guests. Um, I want the social media page to be flourishing. Facebook, that's kind of the one I was working on for a while. Kind of let that slide. So um, as we're coming up on year two, I think Butter With That's going to be looking better than ever. So I thank you guys so much for your patience. Um, over the past couple of weeks, this has been a really hard time for a lot of people. And so I'm excited that we're going to get things cooking again. Uh, Christine, yeah, I think it, did you have your hand up? Oh, no. Isn't it year three? No. <laughs> we're entering year three. Like, yeah. Oh, you're right. Season right. three. Right. Season, yeah. Yes, yeah, season yeah. three. Yeah. Uh, cool. Any other thoughts you guys have on anything you want to share out before we kind of close out this quarantine catch-up? Um, I got reviews coming out this week. I'll have two reviews. One's for the new documentary about Flannery O'Connor. Um, another is for a new Norwegian horror film called Lake of Death. Um, spoiler alert, meh to both of them, but... <laughs> Those, those will be on the site this week. And then we're also at Cinema 76. We're still doing our flops list. So Garrett just wrote a piece about Speed Racer, which we love. Um, and then I have one on Josie and the Pussycats coming out soon, which I'm pretty excited about. So, um, yeah, so that should be good. Awesome. Uh, anybody else got anything to share out? Nah. um well awesome thank you so much once again for listening thank you for your patience and uh definitely fill up our inbox with ideas if you want to guest star let us know um what's great is since we're doing this digitally you know over zoom is that it's really easy for anybody to come on the show um so we definitely love to start having more people on Uh, well with that i'm gonna sign off butter with that it's been a while i kind of forget how we usually exit the show (laughs) You do I wish I was standing so I could do like a escalator. But <laughs> <laughs> really I can't. Down. Have a good day, everybody.